Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. We'll get to some clips of Trump over the weekend speaking at this uh, conservative convention, CPAC in uh, D.C. He actually <coughs> he said something. I, I couldn't believe it. I actually couldn't believe that he said it. Uh, we'll get to that here in just a few minutes. Hammer first. Um, we start this segment. I, I don't like starting the segment off with these, these Monday crime updates, but I feel like we're the only ones that are talking about it. Right, because if you listen to the folks over at the mayor's office, it's Pleasantville outside. Nothing going on. Crime is down because we're not setting a record. That's all you need to know. But the real reality is that at least seven people have been shot with two of them being killed just in the last 24 hours. 24 hours, seven people shot, two killed. And the latest incident brings Indy to at least 200 people shot or stabbed in the first 66 days of this calendar year. I feel like that we never find out what happens to the aftermath of these homicides either. We see them reported, but then I, I don't ever really see any... Fo- Sometimes we see follow-ups. Sometimes they go unsolved. A Sometimes, lot of them go unsolved. And, and part of the reason they go unsolved is because witnesses who might know something don't have any faith in the criminal justice system. Right. Zero faith. I've kind of done a 180 on that because... Like a year or two ago, I would look at people who didn't want to talk to the police and I'd think, okay, you're just trying to protect your your buddies here, snitches get stitches, whatever. But now, now I understand. Like I saw what happened in Lawrence where these, you know, neighbors reported gunfire happening next door. The police came. Those folks got a slap on the wrist, cut off the GPS bracelet, and more gunfire started happening. So why would anybody want to put themselves through that when you know you've got Ryan Mears over at the prosecutor's yeah. office that's going to put those same people you just ratted out right back out in the street? I wouldn't do it. I mean, I, I, I'm just being honest. It's a real problem within um, you know, fighting crime, the IMPD, and um, trying to come up with witnesses. It's a gigantic problem because of that revolving door of the criminal justice system. And it seems like, as FOP President Rick Snyder keeps saying, uh, especially when he tweets it out, these uh, crime is not slowing, it is surging in this city. And the it's time for a change, man. Woman in front of the daycare center, she did everything right. She told the police she tried to get a restraining order on this lunatic, but he was allowed to get right back out. And guess what? He killed that woman in front of children at a daycare center. So I've completely done a 180. I understand. And I I hope law enforcement understands why I'm saying this. I totally get why people don't want to talk to the police right now, because the incompetent boobs that are supposed to be locking away these bad guys are so bad at their jobs Nobody wants to have a target on their chest for when these people get right back out on the streets. I totally get it. So CPAC has been a big conservative convention for a number of years. The Conservative Political Action Conference or committee, whatever you want to talk, call it, CPAC. Man, it just felt like there was no juice. There was no energy in the building this year. Now, Tony Katz was broadcasting live from there. Uh, Relay Indiana, thank you for sponsoring uh Tony Katz going to CPAC, 
But just listening to Tony, following it online, speaking with some friends that I know were there, it was boring. It was Mm. a snooze fest, which is odd because Donald Trump was there, Nige. Well, you know who wasn't there was Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. And I don't think he would have been there anyway. I feel like the Republican Party is pretty fractured right now and very tribal. Are you a DeSantis guy or are you a Trump guy? Uh, kind of thing. Right. And that might be part of the reason. And by the way, the Democrats and the establishment media love this fracturing of the Republicans. It's a, it's it's very a splintered group right now. And, um, and you see it here, there at CPAC. So the biggest star in the Republican Party is probably still Donald Trump. He was there, but the crowd wasn't the same. And maybe this has something to do with the economy. Maybe there are other options going on, but you didn't have that fun, energetic feel. Because go back, you know, the last couple of years, Donald Trump, you know, still hasn't been the president, but they still had a little bit more mojo. They had more energy. That wasn't the case here. Now, we are hearing some reports you talk about that fracturing of the party, Nige, that this is from Fox News. Donald Trump and his team are doing like focus groups on new nicknames for Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis. <laughs> There's like a focus group involved here. Wow. That's where those campaign dollars are going? Those would, donations? Would you like to hear some of the sure. uh, ones on the list? Yeah. Ron De-establishment. <laughs> Ron Dishonest. Dishonest, I got it. And Tiny D. <laughs> what are you laughing at, Allison? <laughs> Tiny D. Tiny D. Um, well, I, I still haven't heard my favorite, though. Ron DeSanctimonious! <laughs> Is that on there? I just don't think that's resonating with people. And the report also states that they're trying to dig up any dirt they can on the governor, his wife, Casey. Of course. Um, He's got big competition if DeSantis decides to run. That's what they do. That's what these people do. So Donald Trump was clearly the star at CPAC. Nikki Haley spoke, but man, it looked like a Marlins baseball game. There's a few people in the front row, and the rest of the seats well, were empty. it looked like a Biden town hall where, like, you know, 20 people in folding chairs would show up. Right, right. So she's not moving the needle too much. Pompeo was there. You know, he's not moving the needle too much. But Donald Trump, his followers, his supporters, they're as loyal as they ever yeah. have been. And it was a pretty good speech. Like Tony Katz said earlier, it was policy-focused. It was policy-driven, for the most part. For the most part, (laughs) which brings us to Donald Trump talking about the current president. This is the most dangerous time in the history of our country, and Joe Biden is leading us into oblivion. He's leading us into oblivion. You know, we all smile when he falls downstairs and things. It's it's cute. When he falls off his bicycle, isn't this cute? You know what amazed me? That the reporters didn't catch him when the bike was going down. They're standing right next to him. They let him fall. It's amazing. I'm surprised. Well, they said it was cute when Joe Biden falls. And he fell again this weekend. Very emasculating, by the way. Like he stumbled yeah. going up the stairs again. It wasn't a full fall, but there was a couple Whoa, hold your careful. breath kind of moments when he was walking up the stairs. Uh, here is Donald Trump at CPAC talking about China. 
And I will implement a four-year plan to phase out all Chinese imports of essential goods and gain total independence from China. We have to do it. We have to do it. I will hold China financially accountable for unleashing the China virus upon the world. And I will again withdraw from the WHO, which stands for We Hide Outbreaks. We Hide Outbreaks. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things Trump did. Got, was, yeah, I'm done with the WHO, the World Health Organization. And immediately after Biden took office, where do I sign up? Four Americans kidnapped in a uh, Mexico border town over the weekend. So Donald Trump talked about how we need to take care of our borders more so than anywhere else in the world. And instead of spending hundreds of billions of dollars to defend the borders of distant foreign countries, under my leadership, we will defend our borders first. It's okay to care about what's happening in Ukraine, but when you've got Americans being kidnapped in Mexican border towns, it's horrific. It's horrific. It's a mess. And we've all seen the photos of what's happening at the border. So he wants to focus on what we're doing in our country more so than Ukraine. And this was kind of the, the mission statement, if you will, from Donald Trump this past weekend. And if you put me back in the White House, their reign is over. Their reign will be over. And they know it. And America will be a free nation once again. We're not a free nation right now. We don't have free press. We don't have free anything. In 2016, I declared, I am your voice. Today, I add, I am your warrior. I am your justice. And for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. I am your retribution. Not going to let this happen. It would have been better if he would have ended it with, I am vengeance. (laughs) A la Batman. That would have been solid. I would have enjoyed that, to be honest with you. Now, those clips are great. But I have a feeling the one that you're going to like the most, Nige, the one that I think is going to resonate with you more than anything else is when Donald Trump channeled back to his old days on Twitter Mm -hmm. and brought up a certain former adult film star. (laughs) To bring charges against me for... Now, ancient, no affair story of Stormy Horseface Daniels. No <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe he said it. We got a horse I mean, face. We got a horse face reference. I mean, the original tweet. I'm looking at it right here, October 16th, 2018. Federal judge throws out Stormy Daniels' lawsuit versus Trump. Trump entitled to full legal fees. Now I can go after Horseface and her third rate lawyer. Which was Michael Avenatti. Yes. And I believe, if my Beach Grove High School education is correct, that's the first time that a sitting president has called a porn star horse face since Andrew Jackson. (laughs) You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIPC. Yeah, Hammer, I I saw that stuff about uh, comedian and actor Will Ferrell wandering around the Beach Grove Walmart over the weekend. I thought it was a hoax. I thought it was just one of those things where 
somebody saw somebody that looked like him and it was uh, just a joke, but apparently that's not the case. No, no. And my buddy Mike uh, ran in to Will Farrell and talked about it. Mike Ernest joins us now on the drivehubler.com <laughs> hotline. So, Mike, take me through how you ran into Will Farrell at the Beach Grove Walmart this weekend. Yeah, no problem. Can you hear me okay? All good, brother. Okay, uh, a friend of mine uh, from high school posted that uh, she spotted Will in the parking lot. I was just pulling up in the Kroger, and if anybody knows Beach Grove geography, you know that the Kroger is right across the street, based from Walmart. So I just drove <laughs> over there, and uh, as soon as I pull into the parking lot, uh, I saw the crew uh, wrapping up the scene, and uh, Will was definitely the tallest one there. That's how I found him. Um, just drove up and they were fi- filming this scene. I uh, wasn't sure what it was for yet, but uh, uh, got out of the car and when they were when they were done, he just started mingling with, you know, half do- dozen or so people that were there. And uh, I just walked up to him and said, "Can I get a get a picture, sir?" And he said, "Yeah, absolutely." And we took the picture and I told him that uh, I was a veteran and when I was deployed to Iraq, we would watch his movies uh, when we didn't have missions or anything and would be a tent full of soldiers laughing. And he said, man, thank you for sharing that story. I love to hear that. And thank you for your service. And we shook hands and that was that. They're, They're doing some sort of road trip style documentary about Will Ferrell, I guess. And they randomly stopped in Beach Grove and it was, I guess, totally random. Was he, he didn't go to the walmart did he like he he didn't he didn't go to the shampoo aisle <laughs> did he no I, just... I don't i think it, they said it was really random but after he left um i talked to the crew and they said they're doing a coast-to-coast documentary on will and they just had stopped in there randomly um and uh, i asked like when it was going to be out or where we can watch and they said they weren't sure yet but it was definitely going to be on a streaming device Okay, so nobody brought up the reason why that Walmart was infamous, the world-famous Walmart fight. That didn't get brought up? Uh, No, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Well, a lot of the pictures you're seeing shared all over media sites is uh, the face of this guy, Mike Ernest, having a conversation with Will Ferrell at the Beach Grove Walmart. Uh, Last thing before we let you go here, Mike, how many people were around? Because I know in Beach Grove, news travels fast. Uh, (laughs) How many people were there? Uh, I'd say probably two dozen people. Um, there was there wasn't no security or anything. It was just his crew and him, and and that was it. I mean, it was pretty chill, and he was really cool with everybody. It was you know you hear some stories about celebrities you know being stuck up, but he was really cool and down to earth. It was awesome. Well, right on, man. I'm glad you got a chance to speak with him. And uh, again, thank you for your service, and we appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. Yeah, Will Ferrell uh, was wearing a. In Fauci, we trust shirt. I'm kind of roll my eyes up that. This weekend, I had on my shirt that a listener Drake had purchased for me that say? says, "I've done more for science than Fauci has." <laughs> I so wish I were you know around that Walmart this weekend. We could have got dueling shirt pictures <laughs> side by side. I mean, is it is it uh, Anchorman for Will Ferrell on the uh, the? The, the list of uh, best feral movies? For me, it is. It is I know a lot me. of people would probably say Elf because they watch it every Christmas. Oh, yeah. But for me, yeah. somebody that's in broadcasting, it's Anchorman, and it's not even close. Well, I don't know. Elf's not even in my top probably five. I mean, it's Talad- it's Anchorman, Talladega Nights, probably Anchorman 2. 
believe it or not, was really good. Old school, get in the mix. Old school, semi-pro. Uh, uh, Blades of Glory was hilarious <laughs> with, the, with, the, with, with the guy that played Napoleon Dynamite. So that's, yeah, Elf's not even in my top five. Allison, we got some booze news. We are going to read booze news because it's really fun. Oh, your lips. It's so good. So, Hammer, there's an entire Tennessee town that's covered in fungus right now. And they're blaming the makers of Jack Daniels. Oh, no. Apparently, Jack Daniels built a bunch of those giant barrel warehouses in 2018. Okay. They store an age, their their whiskey. And since then, black mold has quickly begun coating the homes and streets and public spaces. And they're saying it's Jack Daniels. That's not supposed to happen. So uh, we here at Hammer and Nigel Records uh, have a new tribute for the folks in Tennessee. Jack Daniels made me sneeze. (laughs) It's a country song. (laughs) Problems at the distillery. Fungus in the air, <laughs> it's in my hair and in the trees. Jack Daniels make me sneeze. <laughs> like the harmony. I just wanted some to drink. They say it will not taste as good if they clean it up, but I wish they would. How about those steel guitars back yes. there? Wow. Suck on that, George Strait. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's Monday Gun Day. With the gun guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. Stop calling your arms guns. The Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WIBC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Also joining us live at studio, certified firearms instructor and Second Amendment attorney, host of the Gun Guy Show, Guy Relford. How are you, sir? Man, I'm great. And thanks, as always, to our sponsor, Fort Liberty Firearms in Avon, 8401 East Highway 36. Great place to buy firearms, ammunition, and accessories. Check out my buddies at the fort at Fort Liberty Firearms.com. Did you see what Biden said last Wednesday at this uh, some House Democratic conference in, in Maryland? He's going to ban assault weapons come hell or high water. Yeah. Oh, look this, out. This, yeah. you know, Somebody th- had their pudding that day. That old chestnut <laughs> quote. Well, let me read you what he said because you're going to like this. I know it may make some of you uncomfortable, but that little state above me, Delaware is one of them, has the highest rate or one of the highest rates of gun ownership. But guess what? We're going to ban assault weapons come hell or high water and high capacity magazines. When we did it last time to reduce, ma- we did it when we did it last time, reduce mass deaths. It's that's the uh, the quote. Yeah, well, Joe it, Biden. First of all, uh, it's not even if he could get it through Congress, which I don't believe for a minute, uh, it'd be stricken down as unconstitutional. And and we're frankly going to see there are already assault weapon ban quote unquote coming out of the uh, different states that are going to make their way to SCOTUS before he could ever even think about getting this through Congress. I really think this Supreme Court is going to come out with a ruling saying a ban on uh, so-called 
assault weapons, which are really just semi-automatic rifles with detachable magazines, is, is unconstitutional. Given the new test that the Supreme Court has defined for what's constitutional and what's not under the Second Amendment. But separately, to say we reduced violence or we reduced murders or... Mass we, deaths is what yeah, you it, Well, it's a lie um, because the, the, the government's own National Institute of Justice, which is the research arm of the Department of Justice, came out after the 94 to 04 so-called assault weapons ban, and they, they were they did a, a, a report and an investigation research at the request of Congress on the issue of whether they should renew the assault weapons ban that was set to expire in 04. And, and they looked at it and said, you know, because so-called assault weapons are used in such an incredibly small fraction of crimes, less than 2%. That any continuation of this ban uh, would would likely have minimal effect, if any, and too small to measure. So it basically came out and said that the ban for ten years had no effect whatsoever on violence, and so the guy's delusional because his own government at the time came out and said it had no effect at the time. He's just paying lip service to his radical base. Yeah, that's right. That's all they, it is. He they, knows he's not going to be able to do anything. Same thing with free college, right? We're going to pay off all your debts, free college. Well, he knows it's not constitutional, but now he can blame those evil Republicans when it doesn't get passed. Well, that's right. Plus, in the 2020 campaign, he made all these promises to groups like. Moms Demand Action and the other Bloomberg groups and the Brady Campaign and the Gifford Center and all these other groups said, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do what you want me to do, which is get in there and ban assault weapons." So those people listen to every speech he gives, and they they got a little check they're either going to put on their list or not. You know, I'm going to ban assault weapons. Check. I'm going to mm-hmm. ban high capacity magazine. Check. And that keeps those donations rolling. Absolutely. Through. So. Exactly. So they look at that and say, well, yeah, oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's paying lip service. He's doing what we want him to do, even though there's no, there's no feasible way that's ever going to happen. So let's bring it a little closer to home here. We've been talking about this for a couple of weeks, but the current prosecutor in Marion County, Ryan Mears, he's looking to eliminate due process from the red flag law. The red flag law currently exists. That's the same red flag law that Mears dropped the ball on when it came to the FedEx massacre. Uh, But now he wants to basically eliminate due process. Yeah, and and there was a bill introduced this year, uh, Senate Bill 295, and um, it did exactly what you described, Hammer, in that it basically said before you get any due process in the form of a hearing where you're represented by counsel, where you can make your own argument, where you can confront the witnesses against you, where you can pr- you know, provide your own exculpatory evidence, before any of that would happen, just based on a judge hearing one side of the story. They they find probable cause that you're quote unquote dangerous with you having you you, you don't you have no participation in that. Right, it's just an allegation. It could be completely frivolous. So and somebody just litigation. makes up something about Absolutely. somebody, then that person's gun would be taken away. And I've defended those cases. I've defended literally made up allegations that someone's dangerous, jilted I, I, lovers, jilt, yeah, soon to be ex wives or husbands, uh, jealous coworkers. I've had that case. I had a case involving two neighbors who had an ongoing dispute over where they left their trash cans, and the and the neighbor in this dispute with my client. Knew he was a competitive shooter and he was a sporting clay uh, uh, avid shooter and would see him toting his guns out there. And he said, I know, I'll get him. And after they had an argument about their trash cans, he went in and called the cops. Yeah, this guy's crazy. He pulled a gun out of his car and pointed it at me. And only through ring doorbell evidence do we establish that didn't happen. He made it up. But under Mirror's bill, and I say Mirror's bill, it's being pushed by the Indiana Prosecutors uh, Association, um, IPAC. But 
uh, it clearly uh, was motivated by Mears calling for changes in the law because he, he tried to scapegoat the law to say, well, there's defects in the statute that prevented me from filing that case in Marion County against the FedEx shooter. Bullcrap. Bullcrap. Uh, there was nothing in the, uh, the, the there's nothing that that would have prevented him from pursuing this, having that guy declared dangerous and taking his guns away, and and making him a prohibited possessor so he couldn't buy more guns. So what he now says is, well, we need to make these people prohibited possessors as soon as a, a judge finds probable cause, meaning no due process. And I said. Absolutely not uh, over my dead body, and 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 thankfully, even though the bill was introduced by a Republican, which is heartbreaking to me, um, and someone who's been pro-gun historically, um, I, I had the opportunity to have a series of meetings on it, including with the uh, committee chair uh, for Courts and Criminal Code, and laid out the problems with due process and why uh, no one could could say there are anything remotely similar to a 2A supporter if this thing goes forward. And I'm happy to report it's dead in the sense that that bill didn't get a hearing and didn't get out of the Senate in time to get over to the House, because we're now sort of at halftime, where if a bill didn't survive and advance in its originating chamber, it, it, it's dead for now. So unless, your testimony helped kill that? Well, it was, yeah. I mean, I had a whole series. It wasn't testimony because it never got a hearing, but it was okay. private conversations where I was able to, you know, to sit down and 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 express my opinions and and uh, those opinions have merit because you can't really argue uh, that that it's consistent with due process to strip somebody of a constitutional freedom before they've had an opportunity to defend themselves. So, Guy Relford won. And Ryan Mir zero when it comes to this, right? Well, I wasn't the only one involved, but uh, no, no, we're giving you the full credit. Yeah, you okay. get the dub here, right. guy. But, but, I, but I, I will say I did. It's most not of... Monday, everybody else day. It's Monday Gun Day, and I'm giving you the win here, my friend. All right. Well, I'll take some credit because I did do most of the talking. I'll tell you that much. Uh, guy Relford with us. We were having a conversation off the air right before we came back on about this NBA player named John yeah. Morant. This is a guy that has got amazing talent. Probably oh. one of the most dynamic young players in the league. The league's really put a lot of you know stock into this guy. He's got his own signature shoe, all that kind of stuff. But he's a bit of a knucklehead. Yeah. His group allegedly was the one that was harassing the Pacers team bus, yeah. right? His group, his cronies, his entourage, you know, having like the laser pointer out and somebody pointing a gun. Right. Not the first time that gunplay has been involved in John Morant. Right. And now he does some Instagram live video this past weekend where he's got his firearm out. Well, the team has basically agreed to unofficially suspend him. He's saying that he's taking time away, but it's call it what it is. It was a suspension. And how can people be this dumb guy? He wants to be like a gangster with his firearm instead of being the face of the NBA, one of them making tens of million dollars a year. Well, exactly. And, and you know, what's incredible to me, it shouldn't be because we see it happen over and over in other contexts. But what's amazing to me is these people get themselves in trouble because they, they, they decide to do something entirely knuckleheaded, which is bad enough in itself, but then they document it, they video it, and they put it on their own social media, in this case, Instagram. And that's, that, that I mean, so it's making the incredibly bad decision is one thing. And again, I just saw the video just a few minutes before walking in the studio because I thought you guys might want to talk about it. And he's, he's in a nightclub. It's very, very late or early in the morning, very, very, very late at night or early in the morning, depending on your perspective. Uh, but he's shirtless. 
okay. Um, hell, we've seen Gronkowski do that, right? So take your shirt off in a nightclub. <laughs> who cares? Um, but but at one point he, he he's got a gun apparently in his left hand and he just brings it up and he waves it in front of the camera like ha ha, aren't I cool? Um, I've got a I've got a gun in the nightclub. So he documented it. He videoed. It's a selfie. It's a self-videoed uh, uh, post that he made on Instagram, and and on that basis, because it's not his first rodeo, as you said, he's had right. other uh, failures of judgment. And and I first looked at this. And I, first of all, isn't it sad that it, it was so much uh, a, a a self-induced error? You know, a self-caused error. But at the same time, as a lawyer, I wanted to look at it and say, okay, well, what's the law in Tennessee? Um, can you have a gun in a nightclub? Does he have a license to carry? Was it against the law to consume alcohol while you're carrying a gun? And I wanted to look at the legal issues. And then immediately, I went back and I said, okay, guys, sit down, stop, stop thinking like a lawyer. Stop, start thinking about the, like the NBA or like right. this guy's agent and say can you continue to do this kind of uh, you know in, engage in this kind of behavior and expect to have a viable NBA career and the answer that's probably no he what would re- he would rather have people view him as Mr. Hard Mr. Yeah. Thug Life than be the face of the NBA like yeah. how stupid is that and then this guy making like 40 million dollars <laughs> he's God, I'm watching I mean, the I'm watching the video of his dunk last season at Gamebridge Fieldhouse Versus the Pacers. I, I, I've never seen anything like that. Oh, this kid That's, can literally jump out of the building. Well, not literally. He can damn near jump out of the building. Um, he's an incredible athlete and and, and incredibly skilled. He's but, getting paid but in a, terms of responsible gun owner. He's a knucklehead. So now yeah. he said, you know, I need to take some time out and, and get some help. I mean, I don't know if he's blaming substance abuse. You know, was he drunk at the time? I have no idea. But what's disappointing to me is just that a guy who has that kind of is this young and has that kind of potential career seems to be uh, uh, dedicated to, to to damaging his own career to self destruction at this. It's point. It's that entourage, man. Yeah. You got to get rid of the entourage. The same people you grew up with are going to bring you down. Your job, Morant. Yeah. You're better than those people now, right? Well, yeah. I mean, well, that's the reason you got rid of your entourage, Jason. I it know. is. I mean, the hemorrhoids. I think we called them. <laughs> the hemorrhoids. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Some oh, of them yeah. we've had to break yeah. off. Yeah. Some, sometimes you just got to move on. <laughs> Where can people find more information or continue conversations? RelfordLaw.com is the best way to get a hold of me. RelfordLaw.com. Guy, you're the best. Thank you. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock We have got a loaded hour for you. Biden madness is on the way, but in order to get you ready for that, why don't we just all sit back, relax, and check in with wheeling, dealing, hair sniffing, kiss stealing Joe Biden? I got hairy legs. Happy birthday, Kajan <laughs> Katanji drowned Jackson. I have a feeling you may be hearing that clip oh, coming up sometime this month. For Biden madness. So we mentioned this earlier. Listen, everybody trips and stumbles once in a while. Everybody has that moment where you think there's one more stare and there's not, and you All look like a moron. All the time. But when you're the president of the United States, should it be normal to have difficulty walking up the stairs of Air Force One this much? Because Biden <laughs> stumbled again this past weekend. It was up the stairs, fell up the stairs, right? Correct. Yeah, I've done that before. Uh, and I was extremely inebriated. I'm not proud of it. It was uh, after we moved back from Texas, probably 2009, 2010, we had a welcome back party. Mm-hmm. 
And I woke up with a giant bruise on my thigh the next morning. Ooh. And I said, Lindsay, what? Where, where does this giant bruise come from? She goes, you don't remember falling up the stairs on your way to bed? I go, nope. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, maybe the president has a couple bruises he has on his thighs there. But when you know the cameras are watching you, especially now, right? You got to lift your damn feet up. <laughs> like He's 80. Can you get the yips in terms of walking upstairs? <laughs> Some guys get the yips or the shanks in golf. Right. You can't hit a golf ball properly. You're thinking about it too much. Right. Joe there, Biden's got the yips when he's walking up the stairs at Air Force One. John Lester couldn't throw the ball to first base. Right. But, you know, eventually he figured it out. Joe Biden, the leader <laughs> of the free world, can't lift up his old decrepit feet just to get on to Air Force One. Now, there's the viral video of him really struggling. This was probably about a year or two ago where he falls and he gets up and he falls again and he's holding onto the rail for dear life. That was pretty bad. He's had a couple different slips since then. Now, normally, you know, you would think the media would call this out because I'm old enough to remember when Donald Trump was walking down like this slippery thing at West Point like around the time of the Army-Navy oh, game. The, the ramp. ramp, yeah, and he was walking gingerly because he didn't want to slip. And you yeah. had people like Joe Scarborough and all the liberal talking oh. heads talking about, is there a health concern? Is there a health issue? Joe Biden falls all the time, falls up the stairs, falls off his bike, and we're supposed to just look the other way. Fetterman is in the hospital right now. We don't know the condition of Fetterman. There was a picture that came out today, but we don't know how recent that was of Fetterman inside of Walter Reed. But we're supposed to look the other way. So I don't want to hear any more stuff about, well, Donald Trump never turned in his doctor's report or look at him hold that glass with two hands. Yeah, the two hands thing. Which was yeah. weird, I admit. But my God, look at the folks right now on the political left. I'm a big believer in whataboutism. I'm going to make that perfectly honest. Because when you're dealing with politics, I think you have to be completely transparent. You don't get to criticize Donald Trump for being gingerly slow on a slippery ramp or drinking water with two hands when your guy can't walk upstairs <laughs> and falls off a bike. And not only that, has, and we'll get to this in just a second, but uh, you know the idea of a competency test for the president. Is, is a ridiculous notion. Okay. Emily tweets at us, at Hammer and Nigel, start using the lift to get him onto Air Force One. <laughs> like the old ladies when they yeah. get on that chair thing and it takes like them the, up. Yeah, in the, in, in the movie The Gremlins. Yes, that's exactly And the it. Gremlins rigged it and it shot her out of the, <laughs> the second story window. Could you see Joe Biden flying <laughs> through the air like that? Put a cape on him and just tell everybody he's Batman or Superman. Um... Jill Biden, the good doctor, says the idea of a competency test for her husband or really any elderly politician is ridiculous. Now, this is because Nikki Haley's speech at CPAC, yeah. where she went up there in front of a half-empty auditorium and said, hey, I think some of these old cats need to take a test. And, well, the good doctor was asked about that on MSNBC. Nikki Haley, one of the Republican candidates, is calling for mental competency tests for those politicians over the age of 75. What do you it's think about ridiculous. that? Ridiculous. 
Would your husband ever take one of those? I mean, we haven't even discussed. We would never even discuss something like that. Why? Why would you not even discuss that? Have you seen your husband? As a matter of fact, let's jump in the hot tub time machine here and go back to when Joe Biden was asked about whether or not he would take a test. No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? You- so maybe based off of that answer, <laughs> test. we should be giving a test. Oh, and test. Then, are you a, a junkie? Take a test where you're taking cocaine? Are you a junkie? Jeez. What the hell are you talking about? Um, let's get into this Chris Rock special. Because I watched this from the beginning until the end on Saturday night. I fell asleep, quite frankly. It wasn't his best work. Yeah. There were some belly laughs in there. I thought the beginning was a lot better than the end. So this was a little bit over an hour long. It was live on Netflix. This wasn't something that was recorded. It was live. First time they ever done anything like this. And the beginning had some good belly laughs, but he saved the juicy stuff for the very end. This is when he was talking about the slap. Will Smith jumping on stage at the Academy Awards and slapping him. So here's Chris Rock joking about the physical differences between him (laughs) and Will Smith. First of all, I know you can't tell on camera. Will Smith is significantly bigger than me. We are not the same size, okay? We are not. It's got this guy, Will Smith does movies with his shirt off. You've never seen me do a movie with my shirt off. If I'm in a movie getting open heart surgery, I got on a sweater. Will Smith played Muhammad Ali in a movie. You think I auditioned for that part? (laughs) He played Muhammad Ali. I played Pookie in New Jack City. (laughs) I played a piece of corn in Pootie (laughs) Tang. I love the New Jack City reference. I love Pookie and their tears coming down his eyes, smoking that crack. Uh, Here's a little bit more, because this was probably about 10 minutes long, right? The final 10 minutes of his show going into what happened with Will Smith. Y'all know what happened to me, getting smacked by Suge Smith. (laughs) Everybody knows got smacked at the Oscars by this mother. And people like, did it hurt? It still hurts. (laughs) I got summertime ringing in my ears. (laughs) But I'm not a victim, baby. You will never see me on Oprah or Gail crying. You will never see it. Never gonna happen. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. And I love men in black. No. It's never gonna happen. No. I took that hit like Pacquiao. (laughs) (laughs) And this is how he ended the show. And I want to get your thoughts on this, Nige, because it seemed like a very odd way to end not only his comedy show, but the whole story itself. A lot of people go, Chris, how come you didn't do nothing back that night? Because I got parents. That's why. Because I was raised. I got parents. And you know what my parents taught me? Don't fight in front of white people. Slams the mic down, walks off the stage. That's it. That was That's, the big that was the big takeaway. Yeah. The whole thing is 
it's somehow now worse because or more embarrassing because it happened in front of white people. I mean, I don't even understand what that means, really. Other than they were at the Oscars last year, and the Oscars has been criticized for not being diverse enough and all white. But uh, I mean, maybe if you would have inserted that joke somewhere else, it would have been funny. But that was the crescendo. That was the mic drop moment. Is right. Is Whitey? He started <laughs> yelling a little bit, calling Will Smith some names. Oh, stuff man. we couldn't play back yeah. here. Again, it wasn't his best stand-up because he, I love Chris Rock, and he set the bar so high for himself. He, he did eviscerate both of them, though. Talking oh. about Jada Pinkett and how she cheated on him with you know her son's friend, and then they went online and talked about it the next day. The jokes or, yeah, about whatever. Jada. Yeah, they were harsh. Woo. Chris Rock even said in the special, you can't repeat any of these jokes at work. <laughs> and he's right. <laughs> Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Emma and Nigel presents... Is... It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this... Anything on 93 Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? I am going to run some stories by you. You break down all the information and give us a verdict. Is the story anything or not? We start with this. Okay. Dateline Florida. A Florida person who identified themselves as Ashley Cream <laughs> called for a sugar daddy appreciation day at a recent zoning board <laughs> meeting in Boca Raton. Here's the plea to the board. Florida has the largest per capita population of sugar daddies in the U.S. <laughs> sugar daddies are responsible for college educations, cars, homes, rents, and the occasional body enhancement supporting our local economy. Requesting that you decree a sugar daddy and mommy appreciation day on March 10th to honor those who have given us so much. Sugar daddy appreciation day. Yeah, this is something, especially in Boca Raton. I've been there uh, a couple of times. I mean, that's where the money's at in Florida, man. That's where the retired rich dudes are at. Now, as far as Ashley Cream is concerned here, <laughs> who appears to ex- have extremely large breast implants, wearing like this tight black dress, some sort of a blonde wig. I really don't know if it's a man or a woman. The breast, th- those breasts can't be real. It's a joke. <laughs> Sounds like she's the inspiration for that old country song. I like my women just a little on the trashy side. I mean, you could tight here. I'll just I'll I'll retweet it right now uh, at Hammer and Nigel. Uh, you can judge for yourself, but she she. You know, the board was speaking about the storage of flammable liquids and asked if there are any questions on the subject. And that's when Ashley brought up the Sugar Daddy Appreciation Day. Oh, there she and is. The, do you see that? What do you think about those the the chest the chest region there? That, those look it's really like plastic, like a if Nicki Minaj and Dolly Parton and Ric Flair <laughs> somehow all had a kid. <laughs> So, and by the way, after that spiel about, you know, calling for uh, a Sugar Daddy Appreciation Day, the board just said, um, this is a city issue. <laughs> so she left. This is a city issue. Man, this pl- is a Wendy's drive-thru. <laughs> 
Oh, Ashley Cream. What a great name. <laughs> Allison, if you ever get another radio job, I want that to be your on-air name. That's your, <laughs> yep, that's your new Catchy. persona. Love it. Is this anything? Ford is working on creating vehicles that would allow drivers to sleep while driving <laughs> on the highway. Here's Ford CEO Jim Farley uh, talking a little bit about this technology. The bigger opportunity for us, irregardless of the time frame, is eyes off the road on highway driving. We feel like that is such a big unlock for customers. Think about your daily commute and being able to go to sleep in your car or whatever on a sunny day on the highway. You know, what an unlock that is for customers. We just got more excited about that than, you know, a fully autonomous fleet of vehicles uh, someday in the well, future. I got news for the Ford CEO. Tesla already beat you to the punch. There's footage of people asleep behind the wheel everywhere for a couple of years now. Oh, hell, my Dave, my buddy Dave was asleep behind the wheel years ago. So, so was he really? Was he parked or was he driving? Continue the story. So I, 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 does anybody think this is a bad idea? Yes, this is a really let's, bad let's idea. Let's invent a car with the, so you don't even have to sit in the front seat. You can just sit in the back and sleep and you'll get to work. And get a little extra sack time in the meantime. Like all that's, these that's, years growing up, we're told, you know, 10 and 2, pay attention to the road. And now Ford's saying, ah, screw it, go to bed. <laughs> get back the, here and go to sleep. It's the CEO. Wow. No, this is nothing. I don't think that's anything. We had to force Dave to pull over, and uh, somebody else had to take the wheel. Yeah, okay, that's, that's the story. Just leave it at that. <laughs> is this anything? A grandfather from Nashville is eating only McDonald's for 100 days to lose weight. Here he is at the start of his journey, breaking down his strategy of eating only Mickey D's to drop the pounds. So I woke up this morning and I weighed in at 238 pounds and I decided that that is absolutely unacceptable. So I drove down to McDonald's. I know some of you are thinking that might be crazy, but I'm going to eat nothing but McDonald's for the next 100 days. But instead of eating everything they give me, I'm going to go ahead and cut the meals in half just to kind of prove to myself and maybe some of the other people watching that it's not as much what you're eating. It's the quantity that we're eating that really jacks us up. Okay, so his plan is to eat smaller portions than what he's served. That's the plan. I don't know if this is anything or not, but when you said McDonald's to lose weight, it reminded me of the Seinfeld episode where Jerry and Elaine hooked up. <laughs> Sex to save the friendship. <laughs> That's kind of like what this is. Wait, McDonald eat McDonald's to lose weight. Right. Uh, like an epiphany, a light bulb goes off over this guy's head. Uh, I, I don't think you can just... It's going to have to take more than just eating McDonald's for 100 days and not eating the French fries or cutting the Big Mac in half. Probably need some exercise, some cardio in there as well. I don't know if this is probably the best strategy. <laughs> um, how about some... I mean, I don't think McDonald's serves broccoli. No, you know? McBroccoli sounds like <laughs> crap, by the way. <laughs> Maybe fix, mix in some fruits in there. Didn't Lamar Odom once like... OD on Viagra at a cat house in Vegas while under the influence of crack to save his marriage? Yes, that's right. Right. So this is kind of the same deal. Like Jerry and Elaine, Lamar Odom and Chloe, (laughs) and this grandpa from Nashville. They're all the same people. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. 
You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIPC. Oh, flip flopping Fauci. Boo. Some emails got released that showed Fauci actually commissioned. He paid for a 2020 study that he then turned around to use to disprove the COVID lab leak theory in Wuhan. The kids would call that covering your tracks. <laughs> Look, you have these two scientists in 2020 wrote a paper told fauci like hey look we think this probably came this virus is manufactured and not natural um and it was you know it emerged right next to the wuhan institute of virology um and also the chinese are being really super shady hiding evidence that was there letting their people travel to the united states as they knew a breakout was occurring shocker so Fauci's response when these scientists are like, yeah, this probably came out, this is manufactured. He held a conference call with the with the guys that wrote the paper um, that alleged the the engineered origins and basically strong-armed them into taking back what they said and then commissioning them to write a paper which said the complete exact opposite of what they what they had said hours before. Uh, this is, I mean, and we know the reason for all this, of course, is because if that virus leaked out of a lab in Wuhan, um, a bunch of the funding for that gain-of-function research, gain-of-function, which kind of research makes the virus more um, more lethal and more um, contagious, Fauci and the NIH probably paid for that, that, that testing themselves through EcoHealth Alliance. You see where I'm going with this? Lies and cover-ups. And I'm sure it's just a coincidence that around that time, Jeffrey Zucker, who was in charge of CNN, told everybody at the network, we are not to even consider that this leaked from a lab. That conversation, that will not happen here at CNN. As a matter of fact, the guy that has that report out will join us tomorrow on this show. Bobby Burak, who's a writer for Outkick, he's got a story about that right now. He's going to come on with us tomorrow. But it's funny how things like that happen, and then CNN all of a sudden decides to play ball and do whatever they want to do as well. Now, listen, this goes to another conversation of, you know, a lot of people are looking at Fox right now saying, hey, this whole Dominion thing, this looks bad on you guys. It's bad. And it does. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But to act like any other network isn't, I don't want to say doing the same thing, but biased in that way is laughable. They're all biased, right? We know this. CNN, MSNBC, they're in the tank for the left. Fox, obviously, they work on the right. For any one group to point at the other one and go, well, you you guys are just talking points for the political party. Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. And we'll get into this a lot tomorrow. But in the meantime, let's bring this back to Dr. Fauci here. Great moments in (laughs) flip-flopping Fauci history. Let's talk about masks. People should not be walking around with masks. (laughs) You're sure of it, because people are listening really no, closely to this. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet. Droplets. But it's not providing <laughs> the perfect protection that people think that it is. 
I feel that universal wearing of masks is one of five or six things that are very important in preventing the upsurge of infection. Oh, come on. And turning around World's biggest the infections that we are seeing surge. That is, that is one of the biggest right there. And then you remember when his Rob calls him failed Surgeon General. Jerome Adams like went on TV and was like giving instructions on for, for people to wear to make masks out of t-shirts and bandanas right as who, if that, who was the lunatic that wanted us to wear two or three masks that, oh, that was out there for list. a little while there's a long list of those lunatics well the mask flip-flopping is good and it's always fun to play the hits my favorite the one that's close to my heart mm-hmm. is when Fauci says that, well, I didn't have anything to do with the lockdowns. I never suggested lockdowns. I think we need to make sure that your listeners understand I didn't shut down anything. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. <laughs> and the only way to do that is by draconian means of essentially shutting down the country. We know that we can do that if we shut down well i think one of the things you really need to do to the extent that you can shut down Mm. temporarily Mm. the country i think is important well if i knew at the time that shutting down would have such a dramatic effect on controlling the spread obviously we would have shut down earlier We would have shut down oh, earlier. But he didn't have any control over it, I thought, at the beginning of that clip. I didn't have anything to do with it. This is why I have no problem ripping this old, decrepit fool constantly, because he's a horrible person. He wanted to be a star so damn bad. He did every single interview, magazine covers. He is out there by the pool with his glasses in his mouth. He really thought he was hot, you know what, because of all this. And hell, he may be partially at fault for all of this kind of stuff i mean this story about the emails showing that he commissioned the 2020 study to disprove the lab leak from wuhan this is bad yeah and then the guys that wrote that study were just hours earlier telling him yeah this probably came from a lab this was this was engineered (laughs) that looks i mean that is i mean you talk about lies and cover-ups Meanwhile, in San Francisco, they're singing this. Return of the mask. Oh. Who are you? Return of the Come mask. On, man. The Come on, man. Return of the mask. So California's COVID emergency is going to be expiring at the beginning of next month. And I guess this is like starting to freak out some of the uh, COVIDians in San Francisco. Both mask and vaccine mandates will be expiring, including for healthcare facilities. Yeah. Few people are aware, but the CDC's own healthcare mask requirements were dropped months ago. Yeah, that that was like in September. So you'd have to wear one. So, like, if you go to a doctor's office now, and I've been to the emergency care um, on Christmas Day with my son um, because he had strep throat. I didn't even know they made me put on a mask. Right. But it wasn't at, at the behest of the CDC. They dropped those requirements. So it's either it's either the facility themselves or a state uh, thing. So the CDC no longer makes you do that. But in healthcare facilities, right in healthcare facilities. But San Francisco's health officer Susan Phillip 
She has issued an order that will make it a crime to enter any of the 15 types of facilities, including healthcare facilities, prisons, nursing homes, and 12 other places without a well-fitted face mask. Still doing this, huh? A crime. Yeah, well, I remember somebody here in Indiana that tried to make it a crime once. Once upon a time here Hmm. a few years ago. Yeah, that was... Who was uh, that? Who tried, to, who tried to put you in jail for not wearing a mask? I believe that was one Governor Holcomb. Oh, what do you know? And well, the Attorney well, General's well. like, yeah, you can't do that. What the hell is wrong with you? So their response was, well, we have to go after the Attorney General at the time. <laughs> I mean, it's so ridiculous. Let- Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Let's do Biden Madness. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. It's our tribute to March Madness. Correct. With our own spin on it, right? Every day at this time, we take two sound bites of your president and we'll play them for you. And it's your job to vote on Twitter. Which one do you think is the most embarrassing, ridiculous thing? And we will advance it in the tournament. <laughs> so before we move on to today's matchup. Yeah, I already forgot Friday. Let's go back to yeah. Friday. Friday had the number 15 seed against the number two seed. The number 15 seed is when Joe Biden was speaking about revenge porn, and he clearly thinks that everybody in this country is like his worthless son, Hunter, and has tons of nudes on their phone, and they're just waiting for the right moment to post them online. How many times have you heard, I bet everybody knows somebody somewhere along the line, that in an intimate relationship, what happened was... The guy takes a revealing picture of his naked friend or whatever in a compromising position. And then, literally, in a sense, blackmails him or or mortifies that person. Send it out. Put it online. I would like to know what compromising positions he had in mind. (laughs) I just want to know. I mean, he could have gone further with that. Right. I mean, you get a few ping pong balls out. You see what happens. (laughs) So that was the number 15 seed. The number two seed, and I think this is a number two seed that could win the whole thing. Joe Biden giving an inspiring speech. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy, he hit a brick wall there, didn't he? Boy, it just came crashing down by... A 75% to 25% vote, anyway, advances to the round of eight. Okay. Which brings us to today's matchup. Yes. We have the 11 seed against the number six seed. The number 11 seed is when Joe Biden was speaking to folks in the front lawn of the White House. He was getting ready for hurricane season. This was in August, and hurricane season was right around the corner. Now, keep in mind, things that affect people in Florida and Texas, areas where you get hurricanes. We're talking about winds. We're talking about flooding, power outages. Here's Joe Biden on how you can prepare for hurricane season. Let me be clear. If you're in a state where hurricanes often strike, 
like Florida or the Gulf Coast or into Texas, a vital part of preparing for hurricane season is to get vaccinated now. <laughs> well, Nigel, yeah. my roof yeah. got blown off last night. I don't have any power, and I'm up to my crotch in ocean water. But thank God I got the Pfizer juice in me. Good Lord. Okay. All right. So what seed was that? That was the 11 seed. All right. Now, this is a very strong six seed. And the reason I say it's strong is because every once in a while, you want your president to remind everyone that he's the commander in chief, that what he says goes, that he's the boss of the free world. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international pressure. <laughs> true international pressure. True international pressure. Allison, you say it now. Trill of the arm. <laughs> so again. Oh, that's that's gonna beat the eleven. See, I mean the vaxxed hurricane thing was ridiculous. Number one priority during a hurricane is make sure you're vaxxed. Let me hear the repeated bit of that gibberish, can we, Allison? True and international suffered to pressure. 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 You know, when we do Radiothon this year. Uh, at, uh, for the Salvation Army, instead of doing the bit where you make the people call in and play Kamala's laugh on repeat. Right. I think we need to do that on repeat this the year. True international depression. True international depression. <laughs> the poll is now live. <sighs> so you've got to go to Twitter and vote right now. Which one is more ridiculous and which one do you want to advance to the round of eight? Joe Biden telling people to get vaxxed to get ready for hurricane season or true international pressure. Vote right now on Twitter. Follow us, like us. As Joe Biden has said, send us revealing photos of your naked friends, whatever you want to do. At Hammer and Nigel, vote right now. You've got 23 I, hours. I do have a, a buddy that's that's done that several times. Not to me, <laughs> but uh, he's a single and uh, he's taken several revealing photos in compromising positions and sent it to uh, other people. Okay. That's Did he put it out there say. for everybody to see or just select friends? No, the the person was expecting it on the other end. Yes. Okay. okay. Right. But, but I mean, just to, I've never done that before in my life. Have you ever I, been I've in never... a uh, compromising position like <laughs> Joe Biden has said? Has the word wow ever appeared <laughs> on your anus? Nice. It has never appeared on my anus <laughs> i'm proud to say uh right now on twitter jeff writes both of these could make the final four. Ooh. well that's not gonna happen because it's a head-to-head matchup so vote right now on twitter at hammer and nigel which one is more ridiculous and you want to advance it's biden madness Hammer and Nigel. You believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock! That's Jason Hammer over there. My name is Nigel. Man, have you ever had one of those moments where people you really don't like and disagree with say something that you actually do like and agree with? <laughs> kind of puts you in a bind, doesn't it? Uh, I, I hate agreeing with people. Uh, perfect example of this. We've got two different examples of this. Um, we'll start with uh, Mayor Eric Adams of New York City. 
He and he's a law enforcement guy. He's a harsh on crime guy. Much better. I think he's heads and tails. Above, he above. says he's a harsh on crime guy. Let's make that perfectly clear. Well, yeah, but he's better than De Blasio was ever at the mayor. And then he had some crazy vaccine stuff and mandates and stuff like that. But he was pushing back against CNN, kind of doubling down on his Christian faith. Uh, He was recently speaking about his faith, and of course, liberals, even though he is a liberal Democrat, went crazy when when Mayor Adams had this to say. Don't tell me about no separation of church and state. State is the body. Church is the heart. You take the heart out of the body, the body dies. I can't separate my belief because I'm an elected official. So that was controversial. Talking about church and state and his beliefs, his faith. Yeah, and liberal heads spun around. They don't want nothing to do with religion, first of all. They hate religion. Second of all, um, you know, especially when you're talking about the separation of church and state, people get antsy. Right. And it would be easy for Mayor Adams to go on to CNN and say, you know what? I apologize. Fired up. I was speaking to, you know, the group. I, I didn't think about it. But instead, in a rare moment where I will agree with anything Eric Adams is doing, he kind of doubled down on his faith. This was with Dana Bash on CNN. You also said you implement policies with a, quote, godlike approach and said, quote, when we took prayers out of schools, guns came into schools. You know that those comments alarmed some people, even some religious religious leaders, rather, who were in the room. A rabbi who was there called it dangerous. Well, uh, listen, let's let's be clear on something. Uh, The last words I said after I was sworn in is so help me God. On our dollar bill, we have in God we trust. Uh, every president t- touched a religious book when they were sworn in, uh, except for three. Faith is who I am. And anyone who takes those words and stating that I'm going to try to compel people to follow my religion, no. I'm a, I'm a child of God. I believe that wholly. I'm going to follow the law. I'm not going to compel people who believe in whatever faith. It could be if you in a synagogue, a Baptist church, a Buddhist temple. I'm in all of them. And that's what was in my, 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 my service. So whether or not Mayor Adams actually walks the walk, he's talking the talk right there. Whether or not he actually lives out what he's talking about, the point is that, yeah, you're never going to get me to, to back down about my faith. And I think right. we need more of that. I, I think that's genius. Once we took prayer out of school, the guns arrived. That is a great line. And boy, you start talking about prayer and school, the Democrats' hair on their arms (laughs) stand up. So, here's another example of somebody that I don't necessarily like, but I found myself agreeing with this past weekend, and it's comedian Russell Brand. Now, <laughs> you don't I, like him, do you? I have never really enjoyed, and I'm doing air quotes, the comedy of Russell Brand. He's this this Australian uh, British, actor, British. I don't know what he is. Um, actor, comedian. He's been doing a lot of politics and podcasting, though, lately, talking about what's happening in the United States. So, he was on this panel. It was Bill Maher's show, and he's on the panel with MSNBC's John Heilman. And Heilman's up there bumping his gums about how Fox News is a propaganda network. Only Fox is the propaganda network. And Russell Brand was like, now, hold on. 
It's disingenuous to claim that the biases that are exhibited on Fox News are any different from the biases exhibited on MSNBC. It's difficult to suggest that these corporations operate as anything other than mouthpieces for their affiliate owners in BlackRock and Vanguard. And and unless we start to embrace, and and also, mate, being on that MSNBC, mate, it was propagandist nutcrackery on there. We're not the same Good Morning Joe. It was absurd the way they carried on. Good Morning Joe. Yeah, I don't know what it was. It wasn't morning. There was no one called Joe there. No one could concentrate. They didn't understand the basic tenets of journalism. No one was willing to stick up for genuine American heroes uh, like Edward Snowden. No one was willing to talk about Julian Assange and what he suffered trying to bring real journalism to the American people. And I think to sit within the castle of MSNBC throwing rocks oh. at Fox News is ludicrous. My friends, Make my MSNBC better. Make friend, MSNBC great again. <laughs> I was watching this, too, when it happened, and it was awesome. I mean, the MSNBC guy just didn't know what to say. John Heileman, you could clearly tell oh, yeah. he's getting his panties in a wad because he didn't expect to go on Bill Maher's show and have MSNBC's credibility called out. I'd like to hear a specific example, approval specific example, of an MSNBC correspondent or anchor being on television saying something they knew was false and were saying behind the scenes to people, this is, I'm about to go out and we know that we know that the election wasn't stolen or something equivalent, but I will go, but I will go out, but I will go out on television and say the opposite. I will lie. When's my answer? Just give me a, give me the specific example. Give me a specific example. Any of these organizations you're talking about, even on MSNBC ones, big Deal. My darling, it was more than enough. You know, when the F words come out, he started, he's getting rattled a little bit. Do you want an example? Do you want an example? The ludicrous, outrageous criticisms of Joe Rogan around ivermectin, deliberately referring to it as a horse medicine when they know it's an effective medicine. Rachel Maddow turning up on the TV saying, if you take this vaccine, you're not going to get it when it hasn't been clinically trialed. Non-responsive. You have to listen. Wait, Do you think you can improve America I by determinedly be and avowedly condemning Fox News without acknowledging that you're participating in the same game? <laughs> I love it. Again, that's fire right there. I found myself in a position to agree with Russell Brand because all of these networks do the same thing, but then they finger point at right. Fox. Oh, we're not doing that. But yeah, they all do the same thing, but it's Fox News, this evil Fox News, blah, 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 wham, wham. And look at all the settlements over the last couple of years. Look at how much money CNN and MSNBC have had to pay yeah. people like Nicholas Sandman. Yeah, but to the MSNBC guy's point, I mean, Fox News is going to have to pay a settlement to Dominion. Yes. The voting machines. I fully acknowledge that as well. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel Show. Hello, my name is Nigel Jason Hammer, right over there with a special guest on the DriveHubler.com hotline. Kevin Bowen is one half of the morning show on our sister station, 107.5 The Fan. It's the Kevin and Query Show. So, KB, I want to get your thoughts on the Colts here in just a moment, but the calendar says March, and we're going to talk a little basketball here. Both Purdue and Indiana double buys in this year's Big Ten tournament. The Boilers winning the Big Ten regular season championship outright. Indiana 
come from behind crazy win last night in Assembly Hall. Where are we at with these two programs? Well, yeah, I think both obviously ending the year on a nice note, although there was moments, particularly in Bloomington yesterday, where it did look great. I mean, the fact that both of them are a double bye, I mean, Indiana, you would have thought that to be the case at the start of the season. Purdue, I, I get that mid-March and beyond gets so criticized, and understandably so, by fans of any team, particularly Purdue. Uh, but how are you not just very proud of what they accomplished? They just won the Big Ten as one of the youngest teams in major college basketball by three games. And to put that into perspective, that does not happen very often. I think it's just the second time since 2009 a Big Ten team has won the conference by that many games. And again, it's not like preseason expectations were through the roof for this Purdue team. They lost the top five pick and they lost you know, Travion Williams and a couple other starters. I mean, this was not supposed to be, you know, the overwhelming favorite in the Big Ten. For Indiana, it's been a roller coaster ride, um, certainly, but now all of a sudden they enter March and you're thinking to themselves, okay, they could be a top four seed. There's still questions to be answered away from home about stringing multiple games together against NCAA tournament uh, quality opponents. But the great thing for Indiana is they'll have one of, if not the best players in the country on the floor every single night in Trace Jackson Davis in the tournament. And Jalen Ruchavino, as a freshman guard, has shown the bright lights uh, you, you know, are, are not you know too, too big for him. And if you've got good guard play in March and he can give that, you know, for you, you know, that is kind of a two-man pairing that, you know, you could ride for a little bit. Hey, hey, KB, take me back to that Purdue game yesterday. Both those games were giving me heart attacks yesterday, by the way. I was just it's like, <laughs> you know, and I turned it off at halftime. I'm like, yeah, Try right. having money on them, Nige. <laughs> right, Try right. having money on them. Right. So Purdue was like, what, up by 20 at halftime or something like that? I'd switch the channel and then, you know, I, I eventually get a text from somebody, oh my God, Purdue's about to lose the game. And I'm like, what? And so it's like, is there anything to be concerned about with the Boilermakers or is that just kind of indicative of the way college basketball is sometimes you got big leads at half times and and the team grinds it out to catch back up yeah I mean you could probably look at a glass half full or glass half empty to yeah. be totally honest I, I think there is an element of that is college basketball particularly in the conference you know when, when you see these teams so often and you know for the most part teams are pretty evenly matched I will point to the first half and how they built a 21 point lead and that is where if I were a Purdue fan I'd be you know pretty encouraged because they did that with Zach Eady I think playing nine minutes in the first half Brandon Newman who's been a bench player for them pretty much all season long, has been in the starting lineup here the last couple of games. They're looking for an offensive spark because that has been an issue for them, particularly from the perimeter. And he gave them exactly that yesterday. And this is a guy that has always had some potential. You're just kind of waiting for him to put it together. So having said all that, Purdue's issues this year, too many turnovers. They're not shooting the ball uh, well enough from behind the arc to be, a, you know, you know, oh, yeah, this is easily the best team in college basketball. Uh, the fact that they got something from Newman when Zach Eady wasn't playing a whole lot. And Fletcher Lawyer, their, their other kind of consistent guy, he wasn't really doing much either. I think that is encouraging. And now the question is, of course, can you bottle that up? Can it be reliable? Can it be reliable away from home? those sorts of things. Because if Purdue does not get help like that, 
their stay in March is not going to be as deep as maybe their their ranking of a number one or number two seed will be. So one more thing here on the Boilers and the Hoosiers before we move on to Colts. The Big Ten tournament, it's shaping up here. We got Purdue as a number one seed, and they're going to play their first game Friday morning. Indiana is a number three seed. They're going to play late Friday night around nine o'clock. You look at this Big Ten tournament bracket, KB, there's a pretty solid chance we're looking at a Purdue versus Indiana final. Could you imagine? Yeah, and you know, first off, that's been very rare. They've only met once in Big Ten tournament history, and it's a tournament that goes back to the late 90s. So we we have not gotten this rivalry on a neutral floor in, you know, Indy, Chicago, wherever it's been. And a Hammer, I, I'm sure you've already looked at it, knowing you and how you operate. <laughs> if you look at the Vegas odds right now, I mean, it's first off, Purdue is a you know pretty almost even money favorite to win the tournament, and Indiana is the clear second favorite, and it drops a bit to find that third team. Northwestern's a two seed, but I don't think anybody thinks Northwestern's going to get on some run to win the Big Ten tournament. So, based off Vegas, they they really like Purdue and Indiana to meet on Sunday, and obviously that would speak for itself in terms of what it would mean to our state. And then you kind of get into NCAA tournament seeding and all of that. Would that get Purdue a one? seed all of a sudden would indiana skyrocket up the the ncaa tournament bracket field because there is a regional in louisville if you are a fan of indiana and or purdue you want them to be playing i think in louisville for the sweet 16 and the elite eight just to think back to when purdue was in the sweet 16 elite eight a few years ago i mean that was a huge environment for purdue down there at the yum center so that's just another wrinkle to think about here with the big 10 tournament up in chicago it's just such a bummer that indy doesn't have any games this year men or women with the big 10 tournament the women's tournament wrapped up. Indiana was the one seed. Uh, Katie Gerald's and Purdue, they were good. The men's tournament this year, IU and Purdue, both good. And of course, Indianapolis doesn't get any of those games. That sucks. Yeah, it sucks, and I don't understand it either for a couple of reasons. There's no NCAA tournament games here in Indy this year, so you know it's not like from a scheduling standpoint, all of a sudden, Gambridge Fieldhouse is needed for more you know games in the month of March. Uh, and then two, the women's tournament was in Minneapolis. And I know this goes back to Commissioner Kevin Warren when he was at the Big Ten. He's got connections to that area. But Minneapolis, can we get a little bit more centrally located for the entire Big Ten here? I didn't understand that. So let's shift gears to the Colts. Last week, the NFL Combine, we saw the quarterbacks. And they showed up. Some worked out. Some threw. Uh, They all did meetings and so forth. What are we hearing about the Colts and the search for a new QB? Well, again, I'd be stunned if they did not draft a quarterback in round one here in late April. But, you know, as far as the four quarterbacks are looked at, you can probably group them into two tiers. I know it's not exactly that even, but just for the sake of the uh, discussion, we will. The top tier is C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. Um, the two most accomplished Ohio State, Alabama, prospective quarterbacks, easily the two most accomplished college quarterbacks of this quartet that we're talking about here. Uh, you know, both led their teams to, you know, great seasons when they were playing quarterback and, you know, up there for Heisman Trophy, et cetera. The other two is Will Levis from Kentucky and Anthony Richardson from Florida. Uh, more based off potential and traits. Uh, we've got some, they've got some physical attributes that you can't teach. And, you know, can you teach some of the other stuff and, and kind of mold them out of the clay that they are? Richardson in particular, 
just absolutely set the combine on fire of weighing north of 240 pounds. And he ran a 4-4 in the 40-yard dash and just did stuff that a defensive end or a tight end would do, not a quarterback would do. So now the question is, again, you know, how much of the other stuff can you teach? He, he won six games in his college career at Florida. He only started for one season. He was a 50-some percent passer. Um, are those athletic traits just that or – you know, is that the making of a guy that if you give him some coaching and some development, he could turn into a pretty rare quarterback? So uh, those would be some of the questions the Colts have to sift through. And then they also sit there at number four in the draft. So the other question becomes, all right, who do you like? How much do you like them? And how do you gauge the teams above you in terms of the need to trade up or not? Where can we find more information about March Madness, the Colts offseason, the upcoming draft? Where can we go? Yeah, website is loaded right now, 1075thefan.com. I've got 10 combine takeaways, so you get more into all this discussion. And, of course, looking ahead to Friday with Indiana and Purdue starting the Big Ten tournament runs. And then this time next week we'll be looking at a bracket. So uh, great, great time of year, and uh, can't wait for it all to unfold. KB, you're the best. Thank you. Thanks, KB. Thanks, guys. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel Jason Hammer right over there, hooking up live with the Chicks on the Right, ChicksOnTheRight.com. Mock and Daisy, you guys just got back from CPAC. It was in Florida, right? Or no, wait, was it in D.C.? I can't I can't remember. Tell us tell us what CPAC is, maybe the history of CPAC, and um, is it still relevant? Was it the same as previous years? Did you enjoy your experience at CPAC? In uh, Washington, D.C., and it was um, very sparse it was empty nigel it was like not a lot of people. the the dense was very sad this year <laughs> wow very sad what's going on um it's become the show so mm-hmm. people there I, I mean we haven't been there since 2010 the first time back in 13 years we remember in 2010 that it was well attended by a lot of young people students college kids sort of thing this year no like it was it was your dyed trump crowd it was the that dress up and like have all the trump gear it was a very very trumpy trumpy crowd and i think you know desantis stayed away um and the other people spoke like nikki haley mike pompeo other people that vic ramaswamy who was running against against um, Trump in the primary, they were not as well received and there just wasn't as much of an interest this year. Is it fair to say that it was boring? Because I've been following the coverage. You know, Tony Katz was there and he talked about the attendance at this thing. It didn't feel like there was any juice at this event and it just looked really boring. Compare that to like 2016 where it was spirited and it kind of had that like, you know, March Madness kind of feel where you had fans of one team over here, fans of another team over here. That wasn't the case this year. Yeah, I would say that you're right about that it was kind of for us it wasn't really boring because we were being handled we were being <laughs> like different radio shows on so we didn't probably see it like people saw it but what we could see it was very one-sided so 
United team because we're so fronted now, right? Like Fox News wasn't even there, um, you know, which is, that's a state, right? The RNC wasn't there, which is also a statement. You can tell that we're being, as a party, we're becoming so fragmented, so divided. And so that was really weird. And yes, that makes it boring, it makes it like, it's like watching um, two SEC teams play, but then like one's like, we're just going to bow out. Like, it's just like, watch, it's like watching one SEC team play. No, you know what I mean? It's right. bizarre, you guys. It's so weird what's happening in our party. It's, we're just becoming so, so chambery like on, and, and, and one thing. And I, and honestly, this is really bad because the attendance going down for C. I, you can almost see CPAC like gasping for air, like spiraling down the drain. Like you're watching die in front of your eyes. It's really bizarre. Was uh, Donald Trump? I mean, look, I thought Donald Trump's speech was great. I mean, that was the highlight, probably, correct? I mean, it was the main event, right? And like he obviously drew the biggest crowd, but that's all relative considering that the crowd was substantially lower and smaller than in years prior. So I think there's still the people, diehard Trump fans, I'm sure had a fantastic time attending his speech as they do any other of his rallies. The overall feel of the whole event was very. Low energy, I would say. Jeb Bush, mm-hmm. very Jeb yep, Bushish. Um, and, and by the way, the straw <laughs> poll, I'm, I understand. I mean, Donald Trump ran ran away with that, that straw poll that happens at CPAC between him and DeSantis. I mean, it wasn't even close. Surprise! Yeah. <laughs> Surprise! The event that Surprise. loves Donald Trump yeah. had him winning like, the poll. I'm shocked. <laughs> I can't believe that. And it's like well, none of us were shocked. I mean, who's shocked by that? Raise your hand. Mock is here. Daisy is here. The chick's on the right. So let's go to the other side of the political aisle here. And a story that feels like it should be a big deal is that nobody really knows what's going on with John Fetterman. There's a sitting United States senator, and we have no idea the condition of his health. Uh, His wife is out going on vacations, doing all types of things while he's in the hospital here. I just want to get your thoughts. Mock, we'll start with you. Well, I mean... His wife is that that's a weird woman. Right. I mean, so. So, yeah, the fact that she's like traipsing around Niagara Falls while her husband, who she presumably loves, is like waste day in a, in a hospital dealing with clinical depression that is bad enough that he's hospitalized for it is just a is just an odd weird thing that she would be leaving um, his side. But also, the you know, the rumors that are going around that he's like brain dead and all this stuff, it would be really just it would solve a lot of issues. It would just come out and give, uh, you know, he, he could do like a quick video and just say, here's how I'm doing. You know, I'm I'm fighting this with everything I've got, whatever. But he's no one knows what is going on. And it, that makes the rumor mill go like steam ahead. Right. You can't stop it once that kind of stuff gets going. Yeah. And if you decide or you dare to ask questions or you dare to say anything about this man, then you're a horrible human being for even daring to do that. And when he shouldn't even freaking be first place. And I'm very impressed by Fetterman, actually. He has the ability uh, from a hospital, clinical depression, um, suffering from the after effects of a stroke to sign on to a bipartisan bill (laughs) about uh, railroad legislation. Right. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with him, but, um, you know, I know they've got to play this game, right? Because if he he doesn't come back right away, because, you know, all the rumors are who 
even knows if he is going to come back, if he can come back. But but they have to make it to a certain date in August, right, to avoid mm-hmm. a special election. And so I know that that's important to them. If they could just kind of keep everything status quo until they get past that point, then they can just, you know, hire his they can just appoint his wife to replace right. him and they won't have to deal with an election. Yeah, Mock is here. Daisy is here. They are the chicks on the right. Daisy, since the last time we spoke, our close personal friend Lori Lightfoot went down in flames in Chicago, uh, finishing a very distant third <laughs> in their mayoral process here. And now she's claiming that it's racist. It's sexist that she did not win, despite the fact there's a freaking black guy that's in the top two that beat her. <laughs> Uh, your thoughts? Uh, well, I mean, this is this is what she, you can't look at what she's done to that city and like see otherwise. I mean, hello, are you blind? The city <laughs> is like a complete hellscape right now. <laughs> I, I used to live in Chicago, and I I was a single woman, and I'd feel comfortable and safe walking around that city. And there is no way on God's green earth that I would do that right now. I would. There's no way I would walk around by myself in that city. It is not safe to do so, and I know I'm not the only one who feels that way. And she's responsible for that. She is single-handedly responsible for it. So for her to say it's sexist, it's racist, blah. I mean, people are getting rid of her because she did a terrible, a terrible freaking job. Now, th- I heard that the people, the dudes who want to replace her, like one of them, his solution to it is to defund the police. So I don't know if the, the replacements <laughs> that are trying to get in her, get in her place are going to actually do a better job or to clean. I mean, I just, I fear for that, the, just the, the further demise of that city. It's just a shame what's happening. And Daisy, as bad as you say Chicago is, and I agree with you, does this give cities like Indianapolis hope that maybe this is the year they can eliminate their worthless pain-in-the-ass mayor? Because if you look at it, Indianapolis has a higher homicide rate per capita than Chicago does right now. So does this give cities like Indianapolis a little bit of hope that, you know, Maybe there is a breaking point for super liberal cities. Let's hope. I mean, let's hope. I, I feel like everybody has a breaking point, right? Uh, let's, that's, we all want to be safe in our cities. I would hope that we want that. And so let's hope that he can turn it around. Well, and what I was going to say about this, this um, idea of her trying to blame the fact that she's not in the top three or not going into the runoff on her recent gender. I, how does she explain the fact that she was elected in the first place? That use is so stupid. I mean, you're you're literally mayor right now. All right. We're hooking up with the chicks on the right. What's uh, new at chicks on the right dot com? What are you guys working on? Oh, yeah. I'm doing a, I'm actually working right now on just our recap of our recap of CPAC and like everything that we experienced while we were there. So I'll have that up this afternoon. And then of course there's always crazy, right? We're always talking about that. It's like I do a, a segment every day on the whack that happens and I, it's like, I feel like every story that we do is just whack. So I don't even know why I have that little segment every day because everything we talk about is whack. But yeah, we just... You know, there's always stuff going on, you guys. Every day, we do like an hour chocked full every morning of the news stories day, and it's just full of crazy. Are people hooking up at CPAC? Is it like the Olympic <laughs> Village where everybody's just banging everybody? Does that happen at CPAC? Daisy made out with Tony Cat. I did not. Good Lord. Oh, my God. I did not. That is false. <laughs> I watched it happen. Did not. You know, there are people that Ben Franklin there. They dress up as ben, like adult 
people that are like cosplaying Ben Flynn. You know what I mean? That's but it's a, not those, like those the Olympic Village where they're passing out condoms that. when you walk in and say, hey, we know what's going to happen here. Just be careful. <laughs> no. It's, I think it used to be that way. I really do, Jason. I think it, they were young people and they're all like hooking up. But honestly, I think a lot of those people are going to different venues now. They're going to different events because there are so many more events other than CPAC now. No, like turning and point. so young people are seeking. Yeah, like Team right. USA and stuff like that. Like the young people are like seeking out the things. And ever and since Mock got married, that stuff stopped. I mean, that's really what the cutting point was. Once Mock got <laughs> married, all of those shenanigans stopped at CPAC. <laughs> Right. She's done. She used to be fun. And it's like, you know, no longer. Ladies, you're the best. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. And it takes me back to a simpler place in time. When we used to kick back and let the moon shine. All right, it's the Hammer and Nigel show. New segment, Moonshine Mondays. And here's the drill. My uh, wife's Aunt Jen has a source down there. She's got a contact. She's got a contact in the backwoods of Decatur County. It's Uncle Jesse and from the Dukes of Hazzard. <laughs> right, they're, they're big fans of the show. They listen, um, and they make their own moonshine. And I'm not talking about the stuff you buy in the liquor store that has like high fructose corn syrup or right. artificial ingredients. There's a shed somewhere in the backwoods of Decatur County with all the equipment to make this stuff. So look at, and I here I'll throw it up on Twitter, but. Look at that. This, look, this is a cooler full of mini mason jars full of tons of different uh, moonshine. Some of them are labeled. Okay. What's the one we're doing today? Because okay. you've got a whole bag full I, of like backwoods goodness here. So, so wow. There's more than I thought in here, too. <laughs> this is going to be my new favorite so, segment, by the so, way, Moonshine Monday. So, we'll try this one later. Uh, it's like one's labeled caramel, right? Okay. One, labeled, uh, one is labeled apple. Okay. And when you say label, it's written on with a Sharpie. Yeah, there's a Sharpie. It's a mini mason jar with a Sharpie. Uh, Now, now look at this. Here's the one I decided to try here, right there. It just says F. (laughs) It's got the letter F on it. That's all it says is F. (laughs) I can't wait. I don't know much about moonshine or or the production of moonshine. That F could stand for fruit. It could stand for fire. It could stand for formaldehyde. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. We're about to take our first sip here. And again, the makers of these this is the, this is the real stuff. This right. is the good stuff. This is the stuff they used to run back in Appalachia. Right. Down, down to the hills. That's kind of how NASCAR got its start, right. the bootlegging. So All right. We're, I don't know what this flavor is. It just says F on this particular mini mason jar. Well, and F go. you, my friend. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Woo! Fire. Fire. I I think uh, think it's fire. fire, F is fire. Some fireball flavor in it. Like some cinnamon, some uh, high octane cinnamon tasting fireball style of um, uh, alcohol right here. I just grew more hair on my chest. (laughs) Wow. Uh, This is beginning to be my new favorite segment. Fridays, we do beer sample Fridays. But for as long as the different styles of moonshine last here for the next several weeks, we're doing moonshine Mondays on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Cheers to the fire, the F. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. (laughs) Woo! 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.